0: Hello and welcome to French Football Weekly. I'm Philippa B. I'm joined as ever by Jeremy Smith. Hi Jez. Hi. And Rich Allen. Hi Rich. Hello. So this edition is going to be a bit of a review of the season with us arguing frantically about our team of the year but there's also some late season admin and uh, summer uh, predictions to to deal with as well so we've got a couple of things just to round up the first of which is the Coupe de France final which happened last weekend Angers versus PSG. (coughs) Angers In the final, for the first time since 1957, PSG looking for an 11th title to knock OM off that perch. Uh, last time we spoke, I think Rich gave an extremely detailed prediction, which involved, <laughs> I think, Blaise Matuidi scoring the opener and then a quick-fire brace for Cavani in the second half. How did it actually pan out, Rich? Um,
1: As ever with my predictions, bang on. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, it was... Well, we get, we'll get we we'll get to the second half. It was it was actually not... The first half was actually quite entertaining. Actually, both teams played quite well, I thought. Uh, both had um, a good number of chances. Both teams hit the post. Um, Nicola Pepe was looking really, really good. Um, as I think he should, because if he's angling for that summer move, this was the game to, to really show it off in. Um... So, yeah, no, entertaining first half. Second half, then, it just turned into a procession of sort of PSG possession, the odd shot, L'Atelier saving it, uh, until we got to right at the death, really, and corner came in, and it was unfortunate that um, it was a, a Sissoko own goal. So, a, an incredibly gutting way for, for Angers to lose it. Um you know, everyone everyone, everyone knows, I think, by now my opinions on PSG, but uh, I think they can count themselves a little on the fortunate side with the manner in which they won it.
0: Definitely. I mean, I think, obviously, Angers, when they came up, they had that amazing season playing just one of the best defensive games you, you could imagine. But this front three that they started with, Pepe, Jeju and Toko akambe they were trying... They they were actually going for it. They weren't necessarily parking the bus. And like you said, the first uh, the first half was great. Lellier was great throughout, and so it was so gutting, really. With a 91st minute own goal being the winner for PSG, which some people might say you know kind of takes the shine off the trophy. I'm not sure that matters. Emery, five Emery, minutes, Emery, certainly went for Five, five that. minutes after, um, after you've you've got the trophy, you've got the trophy, so it it doesn't particularly matter. But um, it was a particularly gutting way to go. I did kind of in the second half say, Angers don't care if this goes to extra time or penalties, and PSG are terrified that it will do. And somehow it still ended up that they got what they wanted and now have that. 11th title as well so the one thing obviously and that was that this was Cavani's chance to beat Ibra's record uh of goals in a season um and he he didn't um that he's just got the 49 just anyway so um it was um a very it was a very entertaining game I think um it was the result we expected, but not maybe the way we expected it. Would would that seem fair, Jess?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, I'm certainly not saying Angers didn't want it, but PSG kind of needed it. Um, Emery first and foremost. So, um, it it certainly wasn't a surprise that they won it, but, I mean, as, as Rich confidently predicted last week, I think... You probably all expected it to be a lot more straightforward than it was, and just because of the, you know, the fact that the goal came in injury time and it was a known goal, it's just all the crueler for Angers. But it kind of, I mean, arguably it sort of sums up PSG season, and maybe is kind of a fitting way for them to win it. You know, it, for them to have won it in style almost would have hidden the issues which have kind of led to it being such an important match because it shouldn't, if the league had gone the way it should have done if the Champions League had gone the way it should have done especially after that first leg against Barcelona this was going to be just one of the cherries on top and it turned out to be the whole cake plus the icing um, to stretch a metaphor very badly Um, so yeah, I mean it was, it's probably Saved Emery's job and so was very important in that sense. It's given PSG, um, another trophy, a record that they can, they can take off Marseille, which is always nice for them. But it, you know, it really is sort of a consolation prize at the end of the season for them and just a great pity for Angers.
0: Right. well to to stretch your cake icing metaphor possibly even further uh the petit four for this uh for that final was the gambadella final which is the um under 19s uh coupe de france uh which happened earlier the same day where montpellier <coughs> beat marseille on penalties um it finished 1-1 there was a v- early goal from montpellier from uh, Amour which is a wonderful name really to conjure with and in that case um, OM equalised having put a lot of pressure on in injury time of first half through Dinaj uh, they mostly ran the second half uh, despite a late flurry from Montpellier who seemed to think that They might need to do something at this point. But uh, Dimitri Bertau in the Montpellier goal had a really, really good game. And then they took it on penalties to win their third title uh, at the Gambadella Gambadella level after 1996. And 2009, the famous team that uh, included Remy Cabella, Benji Stambouli and the rest of them. So that happened earlier before the Coupe de France final. And Dimitri Bertau. Is the uh, one of the goalkeepers for the Toulon tournament, which kicked off on Monday, um, with uh, France in a group with Wales, Cote d'Ivoire, and Bahrain. Uh, it's a three-group tournament this year, which is going to be even more complicated than their usual approach. Um, and yesterday, France and Wales drew nil-nil. Now this was not the most exciting game in the world although um Bertho and the welsh keeper both did you know what they needed to do i think but it was a bit of a stalemate meanwhile uh, cote Divoire beat bahrain 1-0 narrower than you might expect Bahrain apparently play a nice counter-attacking game versus Cote d'Ivoire's possession based approach Um, what worried me slightly was the TV was saying that Wales was the second strongest team in this group whereas Cote d'Ivoire actually is um, kind of the, the only African team ever to have won the Toulon tournament back in 2010 they're not they're no mugs so that could be a slightly difficult group um we've got elsewhere in Toulon um England are in a group with Angola Cuba and Japan and Brazil are in with Scotland Indonesia and the Czech Republic (coughs) who featured last year as well in the third, third fourth playoff and reassuringly because Technically, you can be an under-23 team at Toulon. We have actually got proper youth teams here. France's team is basically an under-19 team. Brazil's team is basically an under-18 team. And England is, you call it under-20 because there's some guys who are a bit older. So it's going to be the three group winners plus the best runner-up. So best runner-up is going to be a very interesting case so um, I'm going to be going to the final day as is traditional uh, and see if I bump into any uh, teams in my hotel as is traditional Um, but so far we've got uh, a slightly edgy start for France but they're going to be playing Ivory Coast on Friday which is going to be a very big match Um, any of you guys seen any of this? I've only got The french group on tv um i'm not sure if anything's available elsewhere
2: i've just um read a little bit of what happened um i kind of followed the the website's live updates which i assume only gives goal updates because there weren't any live updates um it sounded like it was relatively even i think France probably had the better chance. Uh, sorry, France had more chances, but maybe Wales had the better ones So it seems everyone was reasonably happy with with a draw to start. Um, and uh, I think it's Gentini, the coach, basically said France just need to to play a lot quicker, especially against teams that are sort of sitting back. So hopefully that um, they'll have learned a couple of lessons and at least really be able to to get a goal or two in the next match.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Bertal made three at least key saves just in the second half when Wales did start putting the pressure on. So, um, obviously, there's a lot of rotation in the uh, Toulon tournament because of the how quickly the game's come in. Uh, but fortunately, the other goalkeeper is Anthony, Anthony uh from Saint-Étienne, who's had a couple of uh, couple of starts as well. So, um you know he's a very able, uh, a very able keeper too. So in the under-20 World Cup, which is the other youth tournament happening at the moment, France is through uh, to the knockout stages with uh, three wins in three, having beaten New Zealand, Honduras, Vietnam, scoring nine, conceding zero. Uh, I think Augustin got three or two, three. Maybe three. Um, so possibly. they're going to be playing I think it's possibly four. Yeah, I think it's three. three uh, uh, they're, I think they're, they're playing Italy next in the knockout stage, which I think it might be um, uh, a slightly more interesting match that we will uh, look out for. So um, there's a lot of uh, youth football action happening at the moment. And there is also tomorrow the Women's Champions League final, which sees PSG face OL. Um, now, this is interesting because uh, they faced each other several times this season already. And we've had, in the league, one win for PSG, one win for OL. In the Coupe de France final, they drew 1-1 and then OL won on penalties. Anything could happen here, but OL will probably win. Would that seem fair?
2: You'd expect them to... To win, but they've had a couple of dodgy um, second legs in their last two rounds, I think. And as you said, they they struggled to break down PSG in the Coupe de France final. But they've got so much more um, big game experience. Not, I mean, you know, a lot of the PSG's players have too. But just Lyon have been there and done that so many times that it's hard not to make them favourites at least.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, also. Uh, we've seen that obviously the Euro squad has come out and that looks very nice and balanced as it were but when you look at PSG I think they have frustrated OL several times over the past few years by being more defensively organised and not letting that goal scoring machine, machine as it were in fact OL's only league loss this season was against PSG but PSG also slipped up elsewhere and they're not going to be in the Champions League next season because they came third. Montpellier will take the the second spot so we'll have that other uh, Champions League uh, place so it might be that that really spurs psg on to uh to to go for this to to try to redo what they did at home against ol in the season and you remember also obviously um uh, Khalifi talking about um when they got to the champions league final the last time oh which was uh 2015 i think um it was kind of seen as well the women have done it I can not the men do it um and this will this will be another thing that i think the psg for for better or worse do really take this seriously as ol clearly do as well so it's two teams that are going to go at it and that should be a really really good game on thursday it might be a little bit cagey and not one of the habitual 11 nils you might expect from this kind of thing but I think it will be um a very interesting game um to, to finish off the women's uh season. So
2: can I just very quickly on youth team football, just also mention that last week we, we or last pod we spoke about previous issues with French under twenty ones and you know, maybe they'll make their mistakes then or not make them at a later stage and Queensland's obviously the the one of the best examples. Um news today that Teo Hernandez who's one of the extremely well-thought of up and coming French defenders didn't turn up for the uh for the latest under 21 gathering <laughs> so oh,
0: wh- for f- for fuck's sake what <laughs>
2: um Ripple uh in the co- in the press conference basically said yeah 21 of the 22 players called are here <laughs> and one's not and I think Marker... Um, published a photo of him sunbathing with mates around a swimming pool, so it's going to be Sit interesting up. hearing his explanation.
1: <laughs> I think it is was. This, I, I think it... he'd actually previously um, said that he he were of the two of the two Hernandezes, <clears throat> he was more open. <laughs> he was more, he was more open to to considering playing for for Spain. I think so. I wonder if this is his sort of way of. Which is entirely fair enough,
2: but you'd have thought there'd be more sense well, you'd ways have thought he'd it. Have,
0: yeah, mentioned it earlier <laughs> mm. as opposed to just not showing up uh, anyway, okay, that bodes well then um <laughs> one of those things you know you've got a, you can't have a French international football system without something going bizarrely wrong at some point so i suppose he's basically he's you know carrying the torch for a cultural uh tradition possibly right so let's move on to the big thing the (coughs) team of the year player of the year keeper of the year the mbappe of the year the review of the year basically now I was wondering if we needed to set rules and say maybe we don't include anybody in the top four or anyone who got a UNFP nod or whatever. We're just going to go with it. Looking at the year as a whole, the best players in their positions, what do we think? And let's start with the keepers. Now, the... UNFP nominations for Keepers of the Year were Subasic, who won, Lopez, Trapp, and Rene. And that I thought was very interesting because obviously Baptist Rene is not in a cool team. He plays for Dijon. But when you look at his stats, I looked at who scored just to try and rank some of the stuff earlier 128 saves. 540 shots faced. Some of a lot of the, the high performing goalkeepers are from the clubs lower down the table because, to be fair, they've got a shitload more work to do. And it was really nice to see him um, recognized for that. Elsewhere in that list, you've got uh, Didion uh, from Metz with 111 saves, Lecomte from Lorient. Uh, of late memory, 105 saves, but also people like Alban Lafont, um, Cardinal from Nice, and the one I'm going to propose, um, Pele from Marseille. 118 saves, 18 clean sheets. And the man might well be replaced by either a, a returning st- Steve Mandanda or somebody else next season. I mean, does that seem fair? I think he was brilliant this season. What do you think, guys? Um. Yeah. No.
1: I, I think you you can't deny that that um, he's he should well he should have been one of those four nominated in the UNFP awards without a doubt. Um. Yeah. I think he's he's been quite a surprise. I think. I think. I didn't I didn't expect him to perform so well. Um. But then I suppose he was always going to be tested with with such a creaky, shaky defence in front of him. So, yeah, I've I've been very impressed with him. I've been impressed with Cardinal. Um, I think he he continues to perform very well. I think he's also continued to be quite unlucky to be overlooked um, for for, uh, a national selection. And then Alban Lafont as well. You know, you have to keep telling yourself he's only 18 um and yet he seems to you know he's one of those as cliched as it, sounds, it seems like he's been around forever but then you think well this is the this comes to the end of his second full season and he's only 18 it's like that's crazy but you know statistically he's done really well um and you know from talking goalkeepers i can't not i can't not <laughs> mention costel uh, you know of course up, and, up until the final game when we conceded 3 to to monaco um, we got um, we got the fourth best, weirdly enough, for social for, Nancy, We got the fourth best defence. You got on um, goals conceded. So apparently
2: he was uh, he kept the score down in that match as well.
1: He's, uh I dread to think over these last few. Well, dread to think what would have happened to the club over the last few years if it wasn't for him. So next season will be interesting, but. You know, I, I, I'd, I'd be happy with Pelé going in, but I think there's, there's, there's certainly been a lot of, of goalkeepers that that you could look at, perhaps not quite from those bigger, those bigger sides.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, um, yeah the, only, the only name that I'd perhaps mention that hasn't been mentioned yet is um Caruso, who I think had a, a very solid mm-hmm. season coming back from a couple of um, pretty nasty injuries. First of all, it wasn't even clear that he was going to be the number one keeper at the start of the season to... So to make that spot his own and perform extremely well, um, I think he deserves a mention. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I agree with all those that you've mentioned. But, I mean, personally, I would I would have Subasic up there. Just He made a couple of high-profile errors. But, I mean, it also depends Are we talking about the season as a whole or every competition they're in. Because the errors are more in, I think, Champions League from memory. Yeah. Um, my top three. In I'm not saying which order would probably be him, um, Rene and Pele. But considering Pele kept the most number of clean sheets with not at all the best defence um, in in front of him, um, I think I think that's quite a reasonable shout. Definitely.
0: Yeah. So we're saying Pele. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, Let's I, say Pele. Let's say Pele. That will keep our friends at uh, uh, OMFCL happy. Okay. So looking at the defence um, again, I was just kind of looking at a few things, and I saw this um, stat, which was um, the most shots that uh, each position had taken over the year, and Sebastian Courcia at right back was the shootiest defender by quite a way with 38 shots, that's one per game it's one of those things a couple of years ago everybody was talking him him up as being the next big thing and obviously more next big things have come along but he is still a fabulous player I think, Uh, he's attacking, he's defensive (coughs) he's mature I really like, even in a team that maybe didn't do a great deal, um, that was in a lot of trouble at the beginning of the season and pulled themselves out of it. That, out, when you're talking about right backs, is a, a good shout. What do What do you think,
2: Jazz? I'm a big fan of Courtsier, but my issue with your stats. Um, first of all, without checking how many were on target, or when, mm-hmm. you know, how many better options he passed up to shoot, is if Fair. we're going to talk about defenders based on attacking, then it's hard to look past Sidibe. If we're going to talk about defenders based on defending, then Sidibe wouldn't even be in my top ten right-backs, probably. Um, I, I'm i a big fan of Corsia, but I... My top two weirdly come from the same team, and Unless I'm forgetting anyone else obvious to me, Pereira um was head and shoulders above everyone else at the start of the season, and then when he got injured, Suke came in at nice and did such a brilliant job that um Fav basically um had to put Pereira sort of in front of Suke instead because it was hard to it was hard to <laughs> displace him. I think they' were both solid defensively and good going forward and much as I do love Courchier, and I would have him as my starting right back for France, I'm not sure I'd have him in my Liga team of the year this year. Fair point,
1: Rich. Um, I I, I go along with what Jeff said. I had I had both um, both Suke and and Pereira as my uh, sort of top two. Um, I forced to pick one. I would probably plump for Ricardo Pereira. I thought he was um, brilliant going forward. Still provided what what was needed in defence, <coughs> um, so very very impressive. It's just a shame Nissan aren't going to be able to keep him. So um, yeah, no, I I I would have plumped for for him.
0: Okay, so I think um, if we say at uh, right back, it's a job share, uh, Pereira suke that would uh, solve a lot of issues there. So if we move to left back, um, part of me really wants to suggest. Patrice Evra, just for the reaction (laughs) it will provoke from Jez. But it's Benjamin Mendy, isn't it? I mean, it's Mendy. Is it? It's Mendy. Anybody?
2: Yeah. For me, um, Marcel at at Gangor started the season really well. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, didn't necessarily maintain it all the way through the season. Um, Mendy's been consistently brilliant and again n- not only in defence but a massive plus for Monaco going forward um, his relationship with Lamar um, turning up in Champions League as well, I, for me it would have to be Mendy mm-hmm.
1: Rich? Um, it, it is It is only Mendy um, you know it, it, absolutely fantastic season it feels weird to say sort of breakthrough season, considering he's been around quite a while, but it really felt that. Um, I think there was always a little bit of concerns that he wasn't the complete package, whereas this season I think he really, really showed that he does offer everything going forward. There's not, not many that can cross a ball better in European football, it seems, at the moment, but is also then more than capable of of, uh, of performing when, when his defensive duties are needed. So, yeah, it, it can only be Mendy as far as I'm concerned.
0: Alright. So centre-backs I will res- restrain myself from suggesting Vittorina Hilton <laughs> uh, just on this case I mean the UNFP team of the year centre-backs were Camel Glick and Tiago Silva I think if we had to vote for one of them it would be unanimous Camel Glick scored a lot as well as keeping a lot of clean sheets when he was on the pitch he's been brilliant um I was very impressed, obviously things telled off a bit at the end of the season, but Malangsa for Nice at that such young age working uh in that system on those very fine margins and I've got a very soft spot for Florence and Pogba as well. Um I think those would be kind of the ones I'd suggest. What, uh, who, who else should we be throwing into this conversation? Jazz?
2: um, I struggled a little with this one. Um, to me, there weren't that many absolutely standout um players. Um, with I agree, Saar again would definitely have been in my team of the year, um, or my team of the first half of the season, and mm-hmm. possibly not simply because he just didn't seem to feature so much during the second half. But I do like a bit of Paul Bass. Um Oh yeah. I I like him as a defender. He scored important a couple of important goals for for Nice and I just I like his character. I like you know He's a leader. Exactly, as yeah. Well. A good wind up merchant which sometimes is useful <laughs> as well. I keep thinking back to that um do you know who I am, no I don't kind of thing with Zlatan. Um I like him and I think he and Glick together would be a pretty in- intimidating pair to face up against.
1: Yeah. Rich? Um that it, it, it sounds good. I think there's a probably a, a couple of other names just to chuck in there. Um, Dante at Nice. I think everyone talks about Glick. Everyone seems to have forgotten about poor Jemison. I thought he's been, he's been really, really good alongside Glick as well. Just doesn't get on the score sheet as much, but I think has performed just just as well defensively. Um, looking at elsewhere, I think uh, Levchuk, Igor Lev, Levchuk at, uh, at Bordeaux. I think they had you know they had a really really good season under Gorvenek. Um He seems to have got them playing some decent football finally, which seems long overdue. Mm-hmm. Um, but defensively, they were they were pretty solid, uh, and Levchuk certainly played his part. And then. This is my last, this is my last, last bit of um, of Ren's suggestion for the evening. But Yoris um came from nowhere, really, promoted from the from the the uh, the academy, um, and was absolutely absolutely terrific all season. You know, a lot of Malone Sarr got a lot of praise early in the season for his form, rightfully so, because he was really really good. But N'Gon's carried that great form throughout the whole season. And from starting as this raw young player who was brought in because of, we just needed some defenders, he very quickly became first-choice centre-back for Rennes and now has become probably their most important player. So, um, it's been a, a really, really st- a really stellar season for him as well.
2: Yeah, the only other two I'd mention, and another young French player, is um, the two at Toulouse. I thought Issa Diop and um, Christopher Julien together made a, a pretty formidable pairing and um, again, Diop's another one that you kind of forget how young he is because he plays with mm-hmm. such maturity. Most of sister's
0: time yeah, it's one of those things where you know Lafont is younger than his central defence pairing. That's only because they're all so young. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so moving into midfield, and obviously this is where you know formational purity starts to cause a problem, but. Defensive, central, holding, whatever you want to call them, midfielders, Sarri?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Sarri's definitely in my team, but I'm not sure I'd have him as my defensive. Last year I'd have had him as... No,
0: I said defensive, central, holding, whatever, midfielder. The the WM that isn't, you know, the WM. Okay, fair enough. see what I mean. (laughs) Because I start to get lost as to what fucking number everybody's got at this stage. um. So, yeah, I think... So, I mean, I'm going to put a shout in for Alessia Keery, for Montpellier. I mean, I know they only got safety on the penultimate day of the season. He was the DM shielding the the defence, which was... Shaky. He made the most interceptions in Liga, 102. If he wasn't there, Lord knows what would have happened. Um and he was so solid and so reliable. The most used player for Montpellier this season, outfield or goal, and he was given the captain's armband when Hilton was injured, and that was when he was still just 21. I I want to just put a put a hand up for mr Shiguri because i i think he played an absolute blinder in extremely trying circumstances um and maybe uh, maybe deserves a nod anybody
1: yeah i i mean for me it's unfortunately i i get suckered in by the uh, the big boys at the top but it is hard to see past Seri, <laughs> it's hard to see past fabinho um, for me, if I was to have two midfielders, I'd be looking at having Serry and uh, Bakayoko. Um, I know a lot of people have been big, big fans of Fabinho this season. I am a big fan of Fabinho, but I think if you're looking to complement the two of them, Serry's been great, being slightly more pushed forward this year. You know, he's got the goals, he's got the assists um a brilliant season that looks like it's going to be leading with a big money move to one of the the top european clubs and bakuyoko has shown really what a great anchor he is in midfield he provides great protection to the defense um he's made a couple he's made a couple of mistakes um you know he, he he was at fault for the goals in the um First leg of the of the uh, Champions League semi-final. He didn't have the greatest of of debuts for France, conceding or helping to concede a penalty anyway. Um, But by and large, he's been utterly dominant in midfield. Whenever Monaco have played, he's great at tackling. He's really good running with the ball at his feet for for someone who's you know a defensive midfielder. So. I think he's he's got it all. I think there's still a little work to be done, but I, I've been really, really impressed with him this season.
2: For me, in terms of sort of defensive holding midfielders, I, I agree that it's hard to look past Fabinho and Bakayoko, but I would I'd probably just put Fabinho a little further ahead at the moment. I think he makes slightly fewer errors. I think he's uh, more versatile, so he could be used if necessary elsewhere. Um, they're covering right back, for example, and uh, I think that he'd be my penalty taker for our team as well, despite the fact oh, that we're yeah. gonna have some good strikers, so um, he'd still edge it for me. Um, in that position, a couple of others that I just like to mention would be um, uh, Vainqueur at Marseille, who I think has been um, playing a little under the radar a lot of a lot of the time but has really been um certainly the Marseille fans appreciate him. On which note I should probably mention Sakai for for in defence we didn't mention earlier. But yeah, vainqueur for Marseille and also uh Toussaint at Lyon. Um, you know, possibly not necessarily deserving of a place in the team of the year, but he I think has at times seemed to Hold the Lyon midfield together, and certainly he's embarrassed, um, at times his, his captain by, I think, playing so much better than him and making Gonalons look old, which he's not. (laughs) I mean, in, in terms of French football, we're talking about all these young players in, in that sense, maybe relatively he is, but he, you know, he, Toussaint's kind of making him look like yesterday's man, and I think Olas is possibly thinking that now as well, and I think it's, to Tizas credit and his performance's credit, that Olas is seems so happy to to be rid of um, Mr. Lyon in a way.
0: Yeah. So moving a little bit forward in the pitch, but still central, whether it's central or attacking, kind of who's the number ten that we're we're looking at um, again. I, I I feel the need to mention Budaboos. um but also someone like Bid. um but there's so many good ones this is going to be you know a, a very tricky um position to fill I, but I
2: mean I'm in terms I'm not exactly thinking in terms of number 10s but again in terms of sort of attacking minded, minded midfielders another player who Weirdly no one mentions and certainly no one mentions in terms of um the France squads, but he he led the league in assists and did that going changing teams halfway through the season, which isn't an obvious easy thing to do. Is Morgan Sanson who we've all loved for years now and remember oh, to come yeah. back from those injuries. I think he's been fantastic. Um so definitely deserves a mention. Seri for me would be but like I said, whereas last year I'd have counted him more as a holding midfielder, to me this year he's been the sort of main attacking impetus. And then until his in- injury, I'd put Cypriab there with him as well. I think he was, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in an Mbappe-less, um category. He's got to be surely the revelation of the year.
1: Which. Mm. So, um, well, it's, it's tricky, you see, because my my formation would be a uh, with with two wider would, would be two wider players. Um, as I say, I would uh, my my centre midfield would be sort of Bakayoko, Yoko deeper, Seri further forward, to to sort of almost cover off that sort of slightly more attack minded central midfielder role, and then I'd be looking at playing two wide players, with then two two strikers. Um so I mean if if we're if we're happy to, to look at moving on to slightly wider players mm-hmm. um I'm afraid I've been Mr. Predictable. Um and I've gone with the now sadly uh sadly moved on Bernardo Silva and Toma uh, and Thomas Lamar. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've they've just been unbelievable this season. I don't think I don't think there's been many better players to watch in Europe than Bernardo Silva. It's just um, it's just gorgeous to watch every time he just when he's on the ball it's just it's an absolute art it seems he doesn't seem to lose it every we, we all talk about his low center of gravity and how quick he is on the ball but it's just how easy he makes being in possession look um, so sadly of course that inevitably meant that he was going to move and lo and behold that's happened but then Tom Lamar on the left wing, you know, find find me a player in Europe who's got, who's had a better left foot this season than than him, I'm sure people probably will now, but, (laughs) um, you know, set pieces, um, you know, deliveries from out on the left, great, he's contributed assists, he's contributed goals, Um, and it sounds silly to say this, but he's almost been in terms of the attack of of, uh, of Monaco any, uh, anyway, he's he's been the one that sort of stayed under the radar. I mean, he's quite a shy person anyway, <coughs> off the pitch but, you know, everyone's talked about Mbappe, everyone's talked about the, the sort of return to form of Falcao and Bernardo Silva and the central midfielders that he's been able to sort of perhaps stay out of that spotlight as he would definitely like to prefer and that's really helped him this season But but it, it would be those two for me with a a very honourable mention, and it does pain me to say this because I'm not a Marseille fan, but Tovan.
0: Yeah. I was going to say possibly,
1: you know, obviously
0: Lamar, I'm completely with you. Right wing, you, you have to look at what Tovan's done this season. It's been a difficult couple of years, a weird couple of years, possibly self-inflicted, some of it, but he has really, really done a job this year and he's been creative he's been um consistent he's been enthusiastic i think that's uh that's another shout over on that side and this this, Gez, this, this, is,
1: this is what we've been waiting for isn't it from Tyrone for so long so it's great to finally see it
2: yeah i mean he's he's been very good he's been a very good boy as well i at times during the season i thought people were bigging him up before he deserved it, um, purely because he's a Marseille player, but he has kept it going, and I have been really impressed with him, but it's not his fault, but Bernardo Silva's just been fantastic, I don't think any I mean, arguably, if you had to pick you know, your one player of the seat, well, we'll probably come to that, but, you know, I... Yeah, whatever, spoilers. I think he he should have been named player of the season. So you you can't leave him out. I mean, possibly if you're going to play too wide and someone has a number 10 as well, either Silva or Lamar, or or Torvan, come to think of it, are are capable of of playing in the middle as well. But yeah, it's not Torvan's fault. It's not to denigrate his performances this year at all. But Silva's just been fantastic. I had an argument um, on Twitter yesterday with, with a Man City fan who was saying, you know, S- da- David Silva is the best player ever to play for City, but Bernardo Silva is a good replacement. He kind of said, well, I'll take your point about David Silva, but Bernardo Silva is good. That's an insult to just use the word good about him, I think.
0: Yeah.
2: And then just one other player... But
0: there's a load of that going to go on, isn't there? Oh yeah, we'll Buying this guy from Ligue 1 And he'll be a good squad player And yeah. he's been like the Key player for his team all season
2: and Well as, as Rich put A couple of weeks ago about Some Chelsea fan who said Ligue is a load of rubbish And Rich reminded him that His, his team's two best players Come from Ligue 1.
0: So that would be um, Who, which ones Because um, I can think of more
2: Kante and Hazard, I think, were the ones in mind.
0: Yeah, you'd you put Asby in there as well, wouldn't you? Come on. Oh, that's I a mean, good Aspie, point, yeah. Aspie, Aspie's just awesome. Yeah, very and true. Where did he come from? Anyway, <laughs>
2: uh, right, so... Can I just mention three other midfielders? <laughs> very quickly, sorry. <laughs> Tolisso, okay. who, again, we all yes, love. Yes, he's on my, he's on my list. Yeah. Um, because you've both... Um, mention Marseille and Ben I've got to mention Ismail Assar who the second half mm-hmm. of the season at times has literally been unplayable as well as scoring um, three goal of the season contenders and hopefully he stays at there me- well hopefully for me he stays at mess, but he's got ridiculous potential and Malcolm at Bordeaux whether he yeah. plays wide or in the middle has been fantastic free kicks as well just um, he that's an excellent player
0: and also the ability for you to make Malcolm in the Middle jokes exactly. every time. <laughs> most okay. most importantly, so <laughs> moving on to the strikers, and you know, okay, maybe we pick two, maybe we pick one, maybe we pick two. What?
2: Well, can't I was thinking See <laughs> past,
0: This is this is the thing. It's. This is tricky. This is really tricky. But it's about um, who's had the most quality, who's got the most potential, who's got the most consistency. Whatever uh, kind of benchmark you want to use for this, there's somebody there. And obviously... And Jake Diabate
2: has got all of them, of course.
0: Yes, and he's also about seven feet tall. Uh, But, (laughs) you know, Mbappe... ...has been awesome. And it's been... He played last season... ...but this has really been the one where he solidified things... ...and he's still school age. You know, it's ridiculous. Cavani we laugh at... ...because, you know, he shanks a lot of stuff. He scored 49 goals this season. Lacazette is... ...Lacazette, and you saw the send-off he got from O.L. Who would you say is the best striker in Liga. It. I think it's impossible to judge them because it's apples, oranges contexts, formations yeah I agree with that
2: for me I mean Cavani as you said he shanks a lot and he misses a hell of a lot of chances, a lot of them very easy but like you said 49 goals and actually more than that I saw a stat Um, this week about him which was to me was more impressive um, from his point of view than the 49 goals is that he scored something like 45% of PSG's goals in the league this Mm -hmm. season Um, which I mean arguably is more to the rest of the team's discredit than to his credit but you know Usually we say, oh yeah, there was, you know, the team's functioning so, so well and so easily that he could miss all these chances and, and it doesn't matter. He's there to put it away. At times this year, it felt like he was, it, PSG would be in a hell of a lot of a, of a worse state if it wasn't for his goals and he was kind of pulling them out of deep fixes at times. So for hit, it's, you know, as much as it annoys me to say it because I prefer the other two, he, it's hard not to. It would be hard to to leave him out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Rich, you similarly conflicted emotionally?
1: Um. Yes, to a degree. I. 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 I can be a lot more colder with with Cavani. So. Yeah. <laughs> um. I can. Uh, you know. I can. I feel I can... like I've done that enough. I'm trying to be nice. Now. <laughs> um. F- well, for me. I come down to, there's, there's I look at them in two, there's two types of striker for me. Um, there's the one of, you know, if I, if I have a one-on-one, who do I want that to be? And then there's one that's perhaps a little bit more, what else can they offer? So, at the moment, you know, I mean, we almost, we, we have to say Mbappe on nearly every position, it seems, so he has to be, he has to be there, but... One that fits the if I want a one on one, who do I want it to be falling to? For me, I would probably be looking at Lacazette. And for overall contribution and what do they bring to the squad, I'd probably look at Falcao. Um, I think he's been he's been really good this season. the The role that he's taken on this slightly maturer part of a you know young side captaincy. Recovering from two dreadful spells in England, fantastic! It's been it's so good to see him back to something almost uh, what we used to know of of Falcao. So for me, those two, if if we're putting Mbappe in an entirely separate category and an almost a team on his own, where he plays and one Mbappe to eleven, the year, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, those those two really stood out. You know, you can't knock twenty goals from Gomez. Um, you know, I think it was it was noticeable that when he was out, Marseille really really did miss him. Um, and where would can be without the goals of Ivan Santini? Fifteen goals in a a team that's really really struggled this season. It's, it's it's absolutely invaluable for them. You know, without without him, they'd be in league there without a shadow of a doubt. So, you know, in terms of I suppose valuable contribution you You'd perhaps argue for a case for him, yeah,
2: joking that joking that's... aside on the same basis I'm not saying Diabate deserves to be in the team, but if Metz hadn't signed him, they would have gone down as well,
0: yeah, and also his attitude is awesome, and yeah. he appears to be just a lovely, lovely person yeah um kind of at the other end of the scale, away from the lovely uh what I was just checking up something and on transfer mark there's loads of different tables you can look at one of which was the disciplinary table it will not surprise you to know that a certain Yannick Karzak, um was <coughs> top of that table obviously with his four red cards uh, he missed at least six games through suspension Maybe more. I couldn't work out exactly where some of the accumulations came in. But there were some other guys who got two straight reds Ben Sabine, Jiku, Malqui, all defenders. Who else? Who else got two straight reds as well
1: as um, a third, which was second yellow? Oh, it's got to be Mario, hasn't it?
0: Yes. And two of those were in the 90th minute. I mean, that. As a centre-forward, to have that disciplinary record compared to a bunch of defenders is something kind of honourable, I well, think. I think it's also a sign um, that he really wants that shower first. <laughs> Seriously, two reds in the 90th minute, I just it beggars belief. Anyway, so we will... Um, organize those thoughts because i've been trying to write things down as we go and i've just got a word cloud with arrows all over it so we'll try and work that out get a little visual together and uh, get that up on the site maybe we've got some more uh visuals that might be coming um before the uh, champions league final coming up and also Can i
2: mentioned three more names very quickly
0: you hmm? <laughs> I need more arrows, Jess. I need Sorry. more arrows. Who? Who? You're like
2: one of them. Okay, good. I think Steve Mounier definitely deserves a shout. Yes, season most, most shotty
0: of the year. He was fabulous. Yes, indeed.
2: Um, Lois Dioni, who we've mentioned a few times, mm-hmm. seemed to be keeping Dijon um, up single-handedly at times, and I wouldn't be surprised if he moves on to, to a bigger club in the summer. And then Nicolas de Preville, who, it really felt like it was just, he he was Lille for a lot of the season. (laughs) There was very little going on elsewhere in that team apart from him. (laughs) Um, I think he's a fantastic player and I'm not, I mean, I think it's fair to say we're all slight Bielsa cynics. But one of the things I'm looking forward to is what he could do with Depreville, because he's already excellent, but I think he could become outstanding if if Bielsa takes a liking to him and and vice versa. I think that could be really interesting.
0: Anything else to add? Any more names,
1: Rich?
2: I could, but I'll stop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I think to be perfectly honest, we've um, I think we've probably covered off half the league so would yeah. probably does <laughs> <laughs> well, this is it's
0: it's only when you have these conversations you realize just how many people play actual football we've <laughs> uh, seen that with uh, our prep for the 50 uh, this year which involved potentially 300 different uh, players a um born first jan 90 Five or after, and we'll be getting that ready for you and getting that out to you in the next couple of weeks. It's taken a little longer than last year because we don't have Andrew Gibney's organisational skills or graphics design, but there we go. We'll be we'll be getting on with that. So. Um, This has been um, our roundup of the year. We'll try and write this up for you and uh, be covering the uh, tournaments that go on, both the under-20s, the the Toulon tournaments, and then the Women's Euros coming up as well, hopefully, as the Women's Champions League tomorrow night. So uh, thank you for listening, and we'll speak to you again soon. Um, I'm Philippa B. Good night from me and from Jez.
2: Bye. And from Rich. Goodbye.